1: Welcome to Indianapolis, where the NFL Scouting Combine continues inside Lucas Oil Stadium. We're just under two months away from the NFL draft, but decisions already being made here about who to invest in. If you're the Chicago Bears, you have the number one overall pick, so investing is fresh on your mind. Will they put their faith in Caleb Williams? We spoke to him today. You'll hear that soon. Michael Penix Jr. is here as well. We'll get to see him throw when the quarterbacks throw tomorrow. A lot on him as other teams are learning more about him. A couple wide receivers making their way around the combine too. The dynamic, Roma Dunze out of Washington. He spent some time with the media today. And the likely top receiver off the board in Marvin Harrison, Jr. You see him going in and we'll get to him a little bit more. There was some news around him today as we welcome you into NFL Live. Lots to get to today. We've got interviews with the top three quarterbacks that we'll share with you. Matt Miller, Adam Schefter, Mina Kimes. I'm Laura Rutledge and we've got a lot to get to. So let's start about Marvin Harrison, Jr. He missed his media availability. We're going to see a tweet here that explains a little bit more of it. Chris Carter said Marvin Harrison, Jr. is currently with the medical people getting a body scan Relax Now, Adam, some of the relax part of this comes from everybody talking about it earlier, but what else can you add about Marvin Harrison Jr. today?
2: Marvin Harrison wasn't planning on doing any of the drills here, and he's spoken to teams, and I think he feels like he did what he needed to do. He doesn't feel obligated to talk to the media. He doesn't feel obligated to go through drills. He'll do what he wants, when he wants, at the team's discretion. If a team wants him to do something for that particular team, he'll do that. But I think he's standing on his own merits of his performance at Ohio State, thinking that he is regarded as arguably the number one wide receiver prospect in this draft. Although I have heard a lot of quite of other chatter about some other players yep. as they pertain to Marvin Harrison Jr. But the fact of the matter is he thinks that he's the best player here, doesn't need to prove anything more. And so there's no reason for him to talk to the media or go through drills or do anything like that
1: yeah it's his philosophy his prerogative um you mentioned some of the chatter around some of the other receivers but I think most people still have Marvin Harrison Jr. as the top receiver off the board Matt anything that happens here this week affect that you think nope I
3: think Adam's right just watch <laughs> the tape at Ohio State the last yeah. two years and I think that's what's interesting about Marvin Harrison Jr. individually is that he's not a quarterback we don't need to watch him evaluate against the other quarterbacks I don't need to go watch him throw 40 yard outs we saw him run those even a 40 yard dash we have GPS timing for these athletes now so Mm -hmm. a 40 yard dash not as important as it might have been five six years ago so i agree with adam he can stand on the film he can stand on the fact that his dad went through this process the hall of famer from this very stadium and say we're gonna go about this a little bit of a different way almost like an nba prospect and if you want it we'll give it to you but we're not just gonna hand it out there to all 32 teams
4: yeah i mean marvin Harrison jr could show up in a spongebob costume and he would still be my number one like i I hope he does that he's as complete as it you know, I mean, the athleticism, the size, the speed, the playmaking, the all the sophisticated things he does as a route runner for the catch, the way he sets up defensive backs, tax leverage. He, he's just so dang complete. Uh, and uh, another thing he has, I think, going for him relative to the other wide receiver prospects is he proved this year that he's pretty much quarterback proof, frankly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's just a matter of don't overthink this. There's guys like this every year, and he is one of them.
2: And I also would say this, that I think he's leaning squarely on the advice his father, who's been through some things during the course of his Hall of Fame NFL career, to basically do what his father thinks is right. Fans can have their own opinions, teams can have their own opinions, but Marvin Harrison Sr., Probably thinks he knows what's best for his son, and I think he's calling the shots here.
1: I hear that. If he's wearing a SpongeBob costume, who's Patrick? Any suggestions? No? Yeah? I don't know. All right. We'll move on from that, and we'll continue to keep you updated on everything related to these prospects here behind us. The tight ends and the cornerbacks are working out on the field. Workouts started about an hour ago. So, Matt, give us a couple things we learned in that time.
3: Yeah, Lord, The big news here with the tight ends is that Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia, we're waiting to hear if he's going to work out. Still, we're, we have no idea yet if Brock Bowers is going to work out. He said he is still trying to decide. Spoke to his representatives today. They're not sure yet if he's going to work out. He did measure in at six foot three and eighth, which is a great measurement for him to come in over that six foot two mark. That was one of the questions for him as that kind of slot tight end prospect who could very well be drafted in the top. 10 to 15 picks. Now, Koolid McKinstry is another player who today it was discovered that he had a Jones fracture in his right foot, something he played through. Doctors and agents have shut him down. He said he's going to participate at his pro day at Alabama, and then he'll have surgery to fix this Jones fracture. It is a concern though. This is a fracture that can create a recurrence of injury because it's that outside part of your foot where you put pressure to plant and cut as a corner. That's pretty important. So it's definitely a situation to monitor now of the guys who have worked out. Quinnon Mitchell from Toledo, one of the stars at the Senior Bowl when we were down there. 4-3-3 three, three seconds unofficially in his first 40-yard dash. That was the first jaw-dropping moment of the DB's running their 40s today. He backs it up on film. The speed is there. He's a technician at the line of scrimmage. He's feisty, and he's very much in play to maybe now be the first corner off the board thanks to this really strong workout that he started today. And if you want speed, Nate Wiggins has speed. 4.29 unofficial in his first four and only 40-yard dash because he pulled up at the end of the 4.29. I spoke to his representatives right before we came on the air. They believe it's a hip flexor. They're going to ice it. They're going to reevaluate. He has no, no thing else to do today. Yeah, Running that fast, we don't need to see a jump when you can run a 14
1: We saw him smiling, too. He had some ice on it earlier, so I hope that uh, he's all good. Lewis Riddick joining us here as well, and I, I want to stay <laughs> on the cornerbacks. Mina, give us a guy in this class that you really like. A guy that I like is someone who
4: didn't work out, and it's possible his draft status is hurt because of it, because of the performance of these quarters, and that's Cooper Jean out mm. of Iowa. His yeah. tape Speaks for itself. Uh, Just an elite zone corner. Incredible route recognition, closing speed, physicality. And and what I love the most about him, I think, is his own awareness of his athleticism that allows him to time when he jumps these routes so perfectly. Um, It's disappointing because, obviously, he was injured, and you want to see if he still has that speed. But if he falls because of this, some team is going to get an absolute steal. Yeah,
5: yeah. Cooper has got great size He's tough. I mean, look, him and Riley Moss a year ago were really one of the best one-two combinations of corners in in the entire, you know, FBS. And so, look, he he is a fantastic, fantastic athlete. The thing that, that, you know, that for me with the corners today, like, has me a little bit concerned is this issue with Kool-Aid. Because now you have to – look, anytime you have an injury to your foot and you're a defensive back and your whole life is about planting and driving and changing direction, that's something that really can cause – general manager some sleepless nights and especially people who are in the training room trying to figure out whether or not this is something that's going to be recurring if something that's going to like cause him to miss significant time especially when you're talking about investing a first round pick in the guy so I'm hoping he's able to get this corrected because he was one of the best corners in the country this year but that is something that really is a red flag right now.
3: Yeah it's something that like I said has to be monitored because I do think this is something we talk about what could affect a draft stock this is something that can actually affect a draft stock where yep. maybe you're a late first round pick right now but because the Jones fracture and depending on the the body scans and the MRIs they do here we'll find out how that looks and and maybe even how long ago the injury happened that will determine are you still a first round pick is this something where you could slide to the second round especially with strong performances by Quinjon Mitchell Nate Wiggins and some of the other corners who are working out here but to meet his point Cooper DeGene is fantastic the broken fibula sounds like he's going to be back ready to go before the season starts but I wish we could have seen him work out here.
1: Yeah, you know, a big part of the combine, of course, is the medical evaluations where these teams get a ton of information. These guys spend a lot of time in those medical evals. Kool-Aid McKinstry does plan to work out at Alabama's Pro Day. That comes up March 20th, and then he plans to undergo surgery. Let's move on with more on the quarterbacks getting here today. Some of them have been here all week long, but you see Caleb Williams on the left side of your screen. Jaden Daniels on the right side of your screen. The top two potential prospects, Drake May, is right in the mix as well, and we'll talk a little bit more about him. But Caleb Williams is Matt Miller's top quarterback prospect in this year's draft, followed by Jaden Daniels. Those two QBs also happen to be the last two Heisman Trophy winners. Daniels this past season and Williams in 2022. I caught up with both guys earlier today.
6: It's great. You know, it's a lot of great guys that have the option to be another one, number one pick. Not even me, uh, Caleb, you know, Drake May, those type of guys. So uh, it's a blessing being in the conversation with those guys. You know, they're two great human beings outside of football.
1: Is it more important to be the number one overall pick or is fit? And how that's going to look for what's coming down the pipe for you matter the most? Um,
6: I'd say both are important to me. Um, I'd say that, you know, me getting on the team and then um, being in the right fit, I would say I would I would put it just right above uh, being the number one pick, but being number one pick is really cool also. You know, other great quarterbacks, so uh, it's tough to just pinpoint one thing why well, I should be the number one pick because there's so many other people that I deserve it. I'll just say my, my playmaking ability, obviously, um, you know, you got some. Freaky uh, monsters out there that are running very fast that, that could chase you down. So be able to get away with the, get away from them, uh, extend plays and you know make plays down the field. These 10-minute, 20-minute things are just you know they're testing your your mental. They're trying to see if you fit for uh, for their for their organization um, and if you can do it. They're testing your mental. They're testing how you are, who you are. Um, they're asking questions about that. So uh, went really well, um, I believe, and um, you know we'll see where all of that goes.
1: If you end up being picked by the Bears, what would it be like to be in Chicago?
6: Uh, it'll be dope. You know, this this uh, Chicago, obviously, there's a lot of grace that came that played professional sports in Chicago, so it'll be dope.
1: What did you take away from the Bears specifically?
6: Yeah, um, that they're that they're serious about you know getting the, you know getting in, in position, um, whether it's they keep Justin on me, I'm um, getting in position to go win games, and so um, that's the that's the main takeaway that I've gotten away from.
1: I just got to say really quickly, uh, the NFL is in great hands with the future of the Mm. quarterback position already, but with these new prospects joining Mm. the league, they're dynamic, they are smart, they're exciting, and it was really fun to spend some time with them today. Mina, if the Bears are going Mm. to talk themselves into the number one overall pick and drafting Jaden Daniels, why would it be?
4: (laughs) Oh, man, the dynamism. Uh, Okay, so Jaden Daniels this year led in, like, every statistical category. That offense was a juggernaut. But something that struck out to me watching his table last week that you can't always see in the numbers is the impact that his rushing ability, the threat of it has on defense. It's the same thing when you look at the All-22 for like Lamar Jackson. Suddenly you see these wide open throwing windows at the second level. You see linebackers being pulled on a string by his movements. You see defensive ends reluctant. They're staying wide because they're so afraid he's going to keep the ball. That doesn't necessarily show up in the numbers, but it makes mm-hmm. it easier for him, and it is going to make it easier for him at the next level as well.
5: Yeah, that ability to impact the entire game, even when you weren't directly impacting it, right? I think for, for him, there's it's so nip and tuck right now between him and Caleb. Like, I think now the conversation becomes, like, what really would be the separator for these two guys? If you're sitting there going, look, they both bring some very unique qualities to our organization on the field. What is the separator? And see, and this is what Ryan Poles keeps talking about that he's wrestling with. It's the personal and football character evaluation and how that relates to how he's going to be as a professional when he's away from the facility and how he's going to be as a professional when he's in the facility. Because quite honestly, when you get to the top of the draft like this, that's always the separator between guys who are average to good, good to great, great to Hall of Fame. It's that commitment to the game, the ability to handle distractions outside of the facility, and your ability to withstand the grind that comes along with being an NFL quarterback and having these kind of expectations put on you that come with being the top pick of the draft, man. I mean, you're the top pick. You have so much spotlight on you, so much scrutiny put on you. You better be rock solid, and that's what guys. That's what teams are going to have to try and find out, which one of these guys can really handle that.
1: Yeah, a lot of confidence amongst all three of yeah. those top guys. But, Matt, one of the things that I talked to Jaden Daniels about today was his size because we've heard people potentially – Point to concerns there do you think teams will be worried about him being too slight
3: I mean I think there's be some teams that look at him and say there's no way you're 210 pounds but I would look at the tape and say he rushed for over a thousand yards in each of the last two seasons in the SEC where they have some NFL sized defenders we saw him running through tackles against Alabama so I don't know that it's as much of a concern as it is almost just like a cosmetic thing like oh wow he's tall and slender, it didn't keep him from winning the Heisman Trophy the, this year. And it didn't it didn't keep him from being a great runner. As Mina pointed out, defenses have to respect everything he does with his legs.
4: Uh, here's what I'll say, though, about him running through those tackles. He needs to stop that sometimes yeah, I would like oh, him in to the to NFL because yeah. those tackles will For be sure. made in the NFL yeah. where the players are bigger yeah, and, and you know,
5: And the last thing I'll say is this. I can't remember there being a guy in the NFL or a quarterback in the NFL that people say, he got hurt because he's skinny. Mm. It's usually because yeah. you're going to get hurt regardless if your leg gets rolled up on or you, you would take a headshot that's illegal yeah. or something like that. So I think this gets way overblown at this time of year because we're always looking for reasons to kind of like stack people. Uh,
1: Jaden told me, God gave me this frame and it's done yeah. me really proud so far. Yeah. So it did quite well I in the that. SEC. Those pro days at USC and LSU coming up March 20th where you'll see him throw. We're just getting started here. The running back market fascinating this offseason. Should teams with a knee try to grab one of the many big name free agents or draft someone in a later round. Mina talks about the Lions blueprint and how that could be instructive. Plus, Brock Bowers, one of the year's top draft prospects, but how will his skills translate to the NFL? Someone here says he can be just as impactful as Travis Kelsey. Find out who said that next and what we'll see from Brock potentially on this field behind us today. We'll be right back from Indy. The F1 season starts tomorrow morning with the Gulf Air Bahrain Grand Prix at the International Circuit right here on ESPN in the app. Max Verstappen begins his quest for a fourth straight driver's championship, and he will start P1 after qualifying earlier today. Coverage starts at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. We're back here in Indy for the NFL Scouting Combine as we see the cornerbacks and the tight ends are going to be working out here. We'll keep you updated on the results that are happening behind us on the field. And Adam Schefter in with us here. Adam, the running back position. Absolutely loaded when it comes to free agents. Remind us just how many big-time veterans could be available as we look toward free agency. Well, I think the biggest name will be Saquon Barkley and the question will be whether the Giants tag him or not.
2: The people around the league don't expect that that's going to happen. They think that Saquon Barkley will be allowed to test the market. The only thing that could somehow change that would be if the Giants felt like he meant so much to the franchise. John Marrow loves him that they decided to place the tag on him. But, again, I think most people around the league consider that unlikely at this point in time. The Las Vegas Raiders also are not expected to tag their former franchise running back, Josh Jacobs. He is expected to become a free agent for certain. And that franchise tag number for him would be over $14 million. They would like to bring him back. They'd like to work to re-sign him. But Josh Jacobs is going to get a chance to test the free agent market. And when we talk about the free agent running back market, it's all about supply and demand. And the supply of running backs in the free agent market this year is vast. Take a look at some of the names. Barkley, Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift. And it doesn't stop there. There are others, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There are all sorts of free agent running backs out there like Zach Moss. And so when you're talking about a draft also with a Mm -hmm. lot of good running backs... There aren't going to be a lot of running backs who are fortunate enough to cash in. Some will get paid, but more will be disappointed about what they're paid just because of the laws of supply and demand.
1: Yeah, I mean, the theme continues where the running back position may not have the value that it once did. But if you look at some teams' options in the draft, you mentioned it, potentially, you could look back at last year. The running back class was stronger than possibly. Last season, we saw both Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs going in the first round. Bijan dynamic already for Atlanta, and the Lions have been proven right for taking Gibbs where they did. And so if you look at this draft and if you look at free agency, Lewis, if you're a team, in need of a running back are you looking at free agency or are you looking at the draft
5: i'm only looking at free agency if i can get a running back at my price because of the supply and demand equation and and honestly look there was only one running back on that first graphic that we had that was 30 30 and over Mm. and that was derrick henry every other guy right now is being allowed to hit the free agent market so what does that tell you as to the mindset of general managers they're saying this, number one, we know you. We know how good you are, and we still aren't willing to commit to you right now to a big-time contract, and we for sure aren't going to franchise you because they know that what the history is at the position. Despite the fact that these guys don't have a significant amount of tread on their tires, they're still not willing to go ahead and extend themselves, and they figure this, we can always find value at running back. We don't have to have Jameer Gibbs. We don't have to have B. John Robinson. Just remember, and I know everyone's going to point to this, and some people will say this is an outlier, But the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. And that right there is going to always work against running backs. It always is.
3: Yeah, and I think to your point, this is a deep running back class, especially in those windows. Round three, round four, round five is where you can find the best value. No, we are not going to see a first-round running back this year. Jonathan Brooks from Texas probably comes off the board somewhere in the 50s, depending on his recovery from the ACL injury that he suffered uh, in November. He said this week he expects to be back for Ju- July 1st. He should be ready for training camp. But the running backs you see here, estimate Allen, Benson, Wright, those are third-round running backs who can come in and play a heavy role whether it be as a, a tier one back like a Braylon Allen or Trey Benson in a downhill scheme or somebody that can be a contributor in more of a rotation
4: you know for a long time the approach was draft running back potentially early like Saquon and basically run him into the ground I think where the league is going and something that um would work well now with this free agent group is to draft a back later maybe mm-hmm. third, fourth, yep. fifth round, and then pick up a free agent on the cheap. I mean, I really thought it was smart of the Lions to sign David C- Montgomery even though they had or they were planning on drafting Gibbs. Um, but an example that comes to mind is Miami with Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan, mm-hmm. who was the third yep. rounder. To me, uh, that's probably a better approach in terms of hedging your bets, counting on proven production, past production in a lot of cases, and you can have a, a backup in case someone gets injured.
5: Yeah, I mean, really what you're doing is you're just trying to maximize value, right? You know that one guy can't carry the load. I mean, even Derrick Henry had Tajay Spears this year. And that's how everyone's going to try and construct it. Exactly. So you're right. That that veteran-youth combination ultimately probably is a very smart way to go. But I think ultimately what, what general managers are concerned about the most is wear and tear. Yeah. That simple.
1: Well, and as you think about the current state of running backs in the NFL, this could be the second time in the last three drafts that a running back is not selected in the first mm. round. It happened in 2022, of course, as we know. More coming your way here on NFL Live from the Scouting Combine. And up next, the big men showed up and showed out yesterday. Stay tuned as we talk about which edge rushers solidified themselves at the top draft pick. You don't want to miss this. As Lucas Oil hosts the draft every year, this is where the NFL converges this time of year, deciding what the future of their team will look like. We'll be right back.
0: What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as 3 weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.
8: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Man, I love a big guy running the 40. Makes me happy.
2: Laura's love of big men... I've been knowing this for a long time. It is not surprising. It's a true love for the way that they move, for their athleticism.
1: It's funny because my husband is not a big man.
4: Laura loves when people do unexpected things. It's almost like a mama bear
6: where she says, you know what? I know, baby. They don't think that you guys can do the things that you do. And I just love it when you prove them wrong.
1: You know, as much as some things change, some things stay (laughs) completely the same. And I still love the big men. And I love when they run the 40. I will never stop loving that. (laughs) You you don't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't expect it incredible athletes, and they were on display yesterday, okay? Yeah. you got to watch this. This mm. was really cool to see them doing their thing out here at the Combine. Florida State defensive Ooh, tackle Graydon Fist, put on a show Good at lot. 6'4", 292 pounds. Fisk ranked 40, ran the 40-yard dash in 4.78 seconds, the fastest time amongst defensive tackles. Then there's Texas's Devondre Sweat, who at 366 pounds ran the 40 in 5.27 seconds, the fastest time by a defensive player that weighed at least 350 pounds since 2004. And Penn State edge rusher Chop Robinson had himself a day, 254 pounds. You saw him running the 40-yard dash there in 4.48 seconds. Mm. An impressive time, too, that he posted of 1.54 seconds in the 10-yard split. I had to read those because we got to give those big men their love. Mina, as we take a closer <laughs> look at the edge position, who sticks out to you, especially after the performances that you've seen here? Yeah, I think Dallas
4: Turner out of Alabama came in as a favorite, yeah. and he only – favorite meaning the first edge taken, and he only solidified that position with his performance, which isn't surprising if you've watched him. But holy smokes, not just a 40-time, which is very good, but uh, I believe a 40-and-a-half – Introvert, uh, and it shows up on tape. He's so explosive, incredible get off. But it's not one of the cases where it's all like raw potential, as we've seen. Sometimes you're at the top of the draft pre- uh, recently. Actually, the production is there too. I don't think he has uh, as refined a uh, pass rush repertoire as Latu, Latu, Latu. Mm-hmm. We both love, mm-hmm. but the potential is there. To me, he is the clear top choice.
5: Yeah, I'll tell you, Chop is going to make things very interesting, that being Chop Robinson from Penn State. I've seen some things where people think maybe he falls out of the first round heading into the combine. There's just no way. You can't be 6'3", 254, and run 448, have a sub-155, 10-yard split, and then throw on the tape. And when you watch this guy, he's shot out of a cannon, and he's coming around the corner about two feet off the ground. Look, him and Adisa Isaac this year for Penn State terrorized people. They absolutely terrorized him. And you see how he's put together right here. He has got it all. He's got power. He's got speed. He's got body control. He's got bend. And there, there you see he also jumped 35 in the vert, 34 and a half. I just don't see how he gets out of the first round. That first step get off t- is the kind of thing that Von Miller always says, you want to find a great pass rusher, tell me what his first step, his first two steps look like. Nobody out here can match chops. Nobody. It's the best in football this year can't wait to see where he goes.
3: Yeah, and especially to come in at 254 pounds was a win for him, and then to run the 448 and show the explosive yeah. numbers and the jumps, because I think on tape, you watch him sometimes and wonder, how big is he? Because he doesn't look to be naturally very long. That did show up with the 31 and a half inch arm length, which is a little bit below where you want to be, but when you run a 448, it really doesn't matter how long your arms right. are, because you can just play in space and go get the quarterback, but yeah. this is a very, very talented group of edge rushers. Darius Robinson probably plays defensive tackle. He weighed in at 200 185 pounds here at six foot five. But this is a list of five players who I think could be drafted in the top 20 because yeah. it's a premium position, and they're all testing out of this world.
1: That'll be wild if that happens. You think about what the, the first night of the draft could be like. By the way, in Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft 2.0, he has the 49ers taking Chop Robinson with a 31st pick in the first round. All right, let's carry on with what's going on behind us right now. The tight ends working out out here uh, in Lucas Oil Stadium. And Brock Bowers is the star Georgia tight end. We're still trying to figure out exactly what he's going to do today. We'll find. <laughs> out a little bit more as we uh, pay attention to the field. But everyone who's turned on his tape, they know he's elite, right? He's an NFL-ready tight end at the position. Bowers also one of the hardest workers you'll find. I can tell you this. I've watched him at many Georgia practices over the years. Despite the other NFL talent he's played with in Athens, he's always outworking them, and that is part of his game. That's part of who he is as a person. Matt, what's the pro comp for Brock Bowers? Yeah,
3: I look at him, and I see someone like George Kittle. I see someone like Sam Laporta, who was so good last year. And he came in, again, six foot three and one eight. That was a huge number for him to be 247 pounds. That's a great number for Brock Bowers, but you're getting someone that can move all across the offense. He can play, he played in the backfield at times at Georgia. Let's not forget, they handed him the ball as a tailback at times. He can play flexed out, he can play in line. I think his strength is something that's actually really underrated. So, is he a great, accomplished blocker like Kittle was coming out of Iowa? No, but I think the potential is there because the strength, and like Laura said, he wants to be great. I think he's going to be just fine.
5: Yeah, the positional versatility puts a defense in a bind. Mm -hmm. Because if you have 12 personnel, two tight ends, two wide receivers, you go, well, should we leave a linebacker on the field should we put a defensive back on the field? You put a defensive back on the field, he's going to kill him. Okay, in the run game. You leave a linebacker on the field, he can get down the seam. He runs the wide basic, the 10, 12-yard in route. He runs as good as many wide receivers. He can make contested catches. He can run after the catch. He's great in the tight end screen game. He can do it all, and really, he's a headache. He's a big time headache, and by the way, he's still an old school throwback tight end. Mm. That when you put him in the core, he's going to knock people off the ball.
4: Yeah, I mean, to Lewis's point, I think every offensive coordinator in the NFL is watching him and thinking, "Gimme," because (laughs) of what he gives you in terms of how you can use personnel to manipulate defenses Mm -hmm. and get matchups. It it is what we see now in like the NFL um, that is all the rage, and he's the perfect player for it. If Rock Bowers doesn't go in the top ten. It won't be because of Brock Bowers. Yeah. Right. It'll be right. because either other teams have other positions they need more, like wide receiver, offensive tackle, or because with the tight end position, you're not getting as yeah. much of a financial benefit from taking a tight end in the first yeah. round or near the top of the first round, even a, a tight end as good as he is. Yeah, and if you think about
1: it that way, a team could be getting a bargain if he falls at all oh you know, gosh, outside yes. that Same. top ten. He is such a valuable Ooh. player. we got more to get to here on NFL Live from the Scouting Combine as we carry on here in Indy. And still to come, what is the consensus, on? Drake May, where he stands as a top draft prospect. Well, Matt Miller explains why he's not as high on him as most draft experts. That's up next. Plus, you'll hear from May in an interview. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
1: The next UFC event comes your way exclusively on ESPN+. Plus Tomorrow afternoon, starting with the prelims, beginning at 1 Eastern, followed by the main card featuring the heavyweight main event. We're back here in Indy at the NFL Scouting Combine. Glad you're with us. We're having a little bit of technical issues. That's why it took us a while to get back with you, but we're here. And, Adam, I want to go to your top Combine stories. What's the latest going on here that we need to know? Well, the
2: issues with Marvin Harrison Jr. are he's not going to go through medical testing here, and he's not going to work out here. He will meet with teams after this he has met with some teams while he was here but basically his work is done in indianapolis and chris carter said earlier this morning that he was in medical testing at a time when he was supposed to talk to the media he wound up not speaking to the media at all. He wound up not working out here, will not work out in Indianapolis. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is leaning on his body of work, knowing that he's a top receiver, will be a topic, and he doesn't feel like he has anything more to prove. We're waiting to see if Brock Bowers will work out later. Still considered the top tight end prospect in this draft. You see the big numbers. There's been some speculation that he wouldn't participate in the drills here as the top tight end prospect in this draft, but we should see soon enough whether or not that happens. And of course, earlier today we had J.J. McCarthy selling that He's counting on his performance as Michigan's quarterback when he was 27 and 1 as a starting quarterback for Michigan, not the stats. He feels like the stats are not really the big thing in his own words. That all he cared about was being the best teammate he could be, best quarterback he could be, and he certainly was that in Michigan. You remember Jim Harbaugh saying that he's the best quarterback in Michigan history and Jim Harbaugh and Tom Brady also <laughs> played quarterback, best I can remember, for Michigan and Nate Wiggins ran a 429-428 42nd yard dash. He did leave the field limping, suffered a groin injury, and look, after you run a 4-2-8 you can shut it down the rest of the day Mm. and say to the teams, we'll see at the Pro Day he's done his work here running the 4-2-8 that certainly will help elevate his stock as Matt can attest to but 4-2-8 is the biggest statement that Nate Wiggins can make today.
1: Yeah, let's turn our attention to a little more of the quarterback conversation and specifically around Drake May, who we have yet to talk about here today on this show, but that's because we're about to spend a lot of time on him, okay? Drake May is preparing to begin his NFL career after an impressive two seasons as North Carolina's starting quarterback. May had 11 games in which he threw at least three touchdowns and did not throw an interception, which led the FBS and was two more than both Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels. Earlier today, I caught up with May here at the Combine. Who are you?
6: Yeah, exactly. No, just, just a competitor. Just a uh, you know a guy from from the south uh, who grew up you know three older brothers and just like likes to compete. Um, you know loves ball and um, just got in there and uh, yeah, just trying to show them that and uh, really just you know, show them that I'm not you know going to be a hot shot guy. Just going to go in there and work hard and uh, look ready to get to the new city.
1: You've worked with Philip Rivers. What has he told you about this process?
6: Yeah, just compete, man. I think he's a you know just 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 a guy who likes ball. You know, go up there, get on the board, and talk for hours. That's how he, that's how you like it. And uh, one of the best in the game. The biggest thing I learned is how he stayed healthy for so long. He um, did it for you know so many years, playing all 17 games, and uh, just learned that. And um, like I said, get out there every week and compete.
1: By the way, I want to clear one thing up. I asked Drake May who he was as a follow up question <laughs> because he told me he was trying to tell everyone here who he was. So. I know who he is. <laughs> uh, but let's start with you, Matt. What do you make of May as a prospect?
3: He's a good prospect. I will say, I think I'm lower on Drake May than some of our colleagues here at ESPN, but he should still be a top 10 pick. He's someone that I view as a quarterback who actually needs to go somewhere where he can maybe sit and learn and be groomed a little bit more as a prospect, as opposed to Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, who are ready made to step into a front office. So I think uh, this is a spot where let's get him somewhere where he can clean up some of the lower body mechanical issues, where he can work on processing speed, but the arm talent is there. The athleticism is there. What he did the last years at, at North Carolina, he didn't have the weapons around him that Jaden Daniels had at LSU or the line that J.J. McCarthy had at Michigan. So, talented player, but I think the best situation for him is maybe to sit and wait. Now, where is that situation? I don't know if there is one. That's the hard part. It's like, where do we get yeah. this guy? Mina's over here thinking Seattle. Sorry, he's Ooh. not going to fall that far, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> getting him behind a Kirk Cousins, behind a Geno Smith, that is the best spot for Drake May.
4: Um First of all, I love hearing that he's working with Philip Rivers. Yes. I expected him to say yeah. dad gum at some point while <laughs> talking to you. Um, yeah, I, the, arm talent is the key phrase. It just jumps out on the tape. He's got a live arm. He's a playmaker. He's has all the second reaction throws in his bag. Uh, the problem, uh, and I think you would agree, is that sometimes he trusts that arm talent a little too much, yeah. it, and that's where the Josh Allen kind of creeps right. in. And, and Good and bad, by the way. Uh, and attempts throws that he shouldn't. But I will say there have been moments where he has played within himself that have really impressed me. Uh, One that stands out is against Duke. Game-tying drive, 41 seconds to drive the field, and just being patient, checking it down, uh, getting the ball out on time, great command of situational football. If he can build off of these performances in conjunction with the physical tools I think you have a really really special quarterback so if I'm a team interested in him I'm asking him about those drives what he saw and then the drives where he didn't do that and what he saw there. Yeah.
2: What stands out to me this week is that there's a wide divergence of opinion on these quarterbacks you don't sound particularly high. Drake man that's okay there are other people who are high absolutely and he still I believe is gonna be a top pick in this draft wherever he goes whether it's two three six Seattle wherever he's going high Quarterbacks are currency, and Drake May is going to be up.
1: A reminder, just for the top three picks right now, unless some of these are traded in some way, you've got the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots. So if you think about if he is the third off the board and he goes to the Patriots, could be an interesting situation for him either way. There's a lot of time for we'll know exactly what's going to happen with that. And we still have some more time here on NFL Live as we carry on. Glad you're with us. Coming up, Marvin Harrison Jr. has headlined this wide receiver draft class. But once he's gone, where should other teams look? Well, Lewis Riddick tells us why the tape doesn't lie when it comes to one prospect in particular stay tuned
0: 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify's there to help you grow Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.
5: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
7: Potentially historic wide receiver class. Touchdown, Marvin Harrison Jr. You will want Marvin Harrison Jr. on your football team.
0: Here is the best tight end in the country, Brock Bowers. Touchdown, Roman
3: Dunsley. Elite neighbors putting on a show. I'm
4: a grind all day, I'm a grind
1: Marvin Harrison, Jr. here at the Combine, not meeting with the media today. As we've told you throughout the day, he decided to make his own decisions not to do that. But either way, the consensus number one wide receiver draft prospect. There are a couple other wide receivers here, too, though, that have a ton of praise. LSU's Malik Neighbors and Washington's Romo Dunze met with the media today.
5: Um, and when I get the ball in my hands, I'm able to do tremendous things with it.
6: Create, um, you know, create space on different DBs, um, and able to make explosive plays downfield.
5: You know, take a eight yard ride and turn it into a touchdown.
6: A lot of people underrate my speed, my explosiveness. Uh, I see a lot of that on tape, uh, and my separation as well. I don't know where some of those things come from. Um, I feel like, if you if you watch the entire tape, then you go see. Uh, for me, it's the approach, you know, people say
4: it's 50-50. For me, it's 100-0, right? And I feel like, you know, you have to go in with that mindset that, that it's you and the ball, you know, um, that the defender's not even there, that, uh, you know, if, if you go and elevate and, and go snag the ball, then you'll ultimately come down with it.
1: All right, so, Louis, uh, let's say that, we all agree that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is off the board. Mm-hmm. If you're in need of a great wide receiver and you've still got Malik Neighbors, you still got Romo Dunze available. Where do you go? I'm I'm going with Malik because
5: two things. One, he's a three position player. He can be an X, he can be a Z, he can be an E in the slot. Heck, you could probably put him at running back. He plays so strong. He plays much bigger than his size. I'm interested to see what he weighs in at and what his his actual measurables are because he plays like a guy who's 6'3", 6'4", 215 pounds. At the catch point, the guy is super strong. He's an acrobat as far as being able to get his body oriented to make tough catches. He's a guy who immediately turns into a runner after the catch. And he has got just that smooth acceleration to be able to separate down the field, separate coming out of the break point. So basically what you're saying is, well, you're saying he can do everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he <laughs> right. can do what everything. He do? <laughs> and when you have guys like that and he just makes big play after big play, and he's just so smart as far as working it. So I mean there's a reason why Jaden Daniels had a great year. Yeah. And part of it is because of that. Now that's not taking anything away from Jaden. But this guy is just legit, and I just, I think ultimately, I think he's going to be faster than Rome, and that was really the separator for me. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah and I, I think they're tied on my rankings right now. You saw the, the graphic. They're my number two and number three wide receiver. They also happen to be my number four and number five overall player. They're both really, really talented prospects. They're different, though, and it becomes a what is your flavor at wide receiver? Rome Dunze, 6'3", 215 pounds. He dominates on 50-50 catches. He is a true X wide receiver that lives on the outside. Neighbors had a lot of his production come from the slot. They asked him today this week excuse me what's your favorite route slot fade yeah because that was like 70 percent of his production was slot fade which is valuable they're both great players i don't know how you pick between one if you're an nfl team it probably comes down to what's our scheme who's our quarterback and then what are we trying to accomplish is it more inside or outside with this wide receiver
4: Yeah, I'll say this about Rome. It's almost impossible for me to imagine a world in which he's not good in the NFL, which sounds crazy, but I I guess what I'm saying is his floor to me as a prospect is so high. He is going to be some lucky quarterback's best friend. He catches everything. He's physical. He's good after the catch. The problem is he's not quite as good after the catch as Malik Neighbors, and that's why I have him over him. Putting myself in the mind of a defensive coordinator and who am I more afraid of because of neighbor's speed with the ball in his hands, you're going to have to play more too high in response to him because he's just so dynamic. And again, Rome is so great, too. I hate choosing between them, but I do give a slight edge to neighbors just because of the explosiveness. Yeah, Yeah. it is
1: such a great, deep wide receiver class. There's even some, of course, later on, as we've told you, throughout this combine and we'll keep telling you that you could get later on. We've got a couple seconds here before we go. We're going (laughs) to see some quarterbacks throw tomorrow. Mina, what are you excited to see? I mean, Penix we'll put on a show. He throws such a pretty deep ball.
5: Yeah, I think for me, it's it's who can get on the same page with these receivers the quickest. Mm -hmm. Because I think when when you show that kind of instinctive ability, that is really a harbinger of success in the future if you can do it.
3: Yeah, and I want to see J.J. McCarthy throw outside of the Michigan offense. Like, let me see you throw the deep ball. Let me see you throw outside of some of the structure that they provided with that great run game and the great offensive line. He's the top-rated quarterback working out here. This is a huge opportunity for J.J. McCarthy.
5: I will go so much as to say this. Just off camera, talking to some personnel people, they think J.J. McCarthy's going top five.
1: Ooh, now, wow. Like,
5: I, I'm just telling you. Drop that bomb on us. Somebody just told me that he, he may go top five, and I was Listen, just like,
1: the guy knows how to win. I so almost ran I, back in here and just like threw
5: Adam off I, get of here. It. I was like, "Hey, I got the scoop!" All some right, scoops. we
1: can't wait to see these guys throw. But it's time for one more thing before we go here on NFL Live. And check out this Jim Harbaugh story from the Michigan defensive back Josh Wallace.
6: I got, well, I got a little story for you. So um, my first couple of weeks up at Michigan, uh, we had summer workouts. You know, Coach Harbaugh, he works out in the morning, and uh, I walked past our, our uh, cold tub room. And what we call it the car wash, and he's in a full uniform. He had his khakis, polo, in in the ice tub. Like it was crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> no, I just I just walked past like everybody else. But that was kind of different to me. Yeah, I was one of those.
1: You know, I don't have a bath in my hotel room here, but I don't know. Any you guys gonna go take a bath in your suits? No, like, like on his khakis. Yeah,
5: I, <laughs> I have no comment. I'm
4: just, right? I'm just, I'm just glad Jim Harbaugh's back in the NFL. I agree. he needed him. I'm just
3: glad he upgraded the khakis. You know that dad look from a while back needed to go.
1: Listen, so. is
5: that his son that's in the box with him that they keep showing when they when they show a cut to him? Yeah, I mean, cool? it's I think cool, though. It, yeah. well, it's cool. It, Whatever it, it is, it's neat.
1: I will tell you this: I, I spoke to some people with the Chargers today, and they were saying just how wonderful he's yeah. been so far, how much he cares about the players already, mm-hmm. and how important it's been to get him in there. We are so glad that you joined us here from the combine we'll see you next week on NFL Live thanks for being with us